0: Have you found Philippians 2 yet? Verse 19, Paul is writing to this church he started 11 years earlier in the Greek region of Europe. This is the first church established in Europe. And uh, I think it is a very significant letter, one of the most encouraging books in the Bible. He tells them, I trust in the Lord Jesus, verse 19, to send Timothy to you shortly that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. For I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know His proven character, that as a son with His father He served with me in the gospel. Therefore I hope to send Him at once, as soon as I see how it goes with me. But I trust in the Lord that I myself shall also come shortly." And we know that he eventually was freed from prison at this point in his life and he was able to come and visit them again. Notice he speaks of Timothy's proven character. The word proven that he used there in the Greek language is the word dokime. It means trustworthy. It means tested. It means uh, something that has gone through a trial. Timothy was that kind of guy. His name, Timotheos, in the Greek language, means timo, is two words, timo, which means valuable, and theos, which means God. He was valuable to God because he was trustworthy. If you want to be valuable, the key to value is being trustworthy. Uh, If you've ever had a ring that you thought was gold, the test of time revealed it wasn't when your finger started turning green. Time tests us and shows us what we're made out of. He is mentioned in the New Testament over 20 times, not counting the two letters that were addressed to him personally. To the Corinthian church, Paul spoke, spoke of him in chapter 4, verse 17, as his beloved and faithful son in the Lord. Timothy was indeed faithful. Last time I spoke, I spoke on um, characteristics of the faithful. Faithful. But today I'd like to do something a little different. I'd like to wrap up chapter 2 by just focusing on one verse in chapter 2. It seems kind of negative. Paul says, For all seek their own, not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Timothy was an uncommon person. He wasn't like everybody else, because most everybody else just cares about their own selfish interests, not the things which are of Christ. You know, in church life we have that. People come to church looking for something, not looking for Christ. Come to church looking for a shofar or looking for a particular flag or or looking for a particular emphasis to make them happy. But we come to church looking for Christ. Amen. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. The contemporary English version renders verse 21 as the others think only about what interests them and not about what concerns Christ. The Good News Bible reads... Everyone else is concerned only with their own affairs, not with the cause of Jesus Christ. In the Message Bible, I love the Message Bible, it's a paraphrase. It says, most people around here are looking out for themselves with little concern for the things of Jesus. And the New Living Translation renders, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. We're talking about faithfulness this morning, but not just faithfulness, faithfulness to Jesus Christ. Who wants to be uncommonly faithful to the Lord? Amen. Today's title is Characteristics of the Unfaithful. Um, The word faithful means firm in adherence to the truth, true fidelity, loyalty, genuine allegiance, exact in attending to commands, observant of treaties, contracts, and vows. Our government has not always been faithful. True to one's own word. In conformity to the letter and the spirit, the intent of what is written. True to the marriage covenant, that is being faithful to your spouse. Conformable to truth, as a faithful witness is faithful to truth. Constant, not fickle, and worthy of belief. Who wants to be that kind of person? The Lord can make us that. Amen. We don't come into the world like that. We grow into faithfulness. Mother Teresa is... Certainly this kind of person, a faithful person. And she is quoted as having said, Don't pray for success, but pray for faithfulness. Pray for faithfulness. We long for that day when we'll stand before the great king on judgment day. And we'll hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. All right, we're going to see a video clip. This is not a person exemplifying faithfulness it's called the wedding Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to witness the union of two lives, that of James and Sarah. James, do you take Sarah to be your wife, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Do you promise to love her, comfort her, honor her, keep her in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others to be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? I do. And Sarah, do you now take... I have written my own vows. By all means. James, I love you. I cherish every moment that we spend together. You're my hero and my friend. I promise that I will love you, honor you, care for you, and support you for the rest of my life. There's only one thing I ask in return. One day a year, only one day, I want to be single again. I want to be able to spend time with old boyfriends. guy hunting, clubbing, that sort of thing. Whatever comes up for the day. What do you think? Well, James, it sounds reasonable to me. Are you kidding? You must all be out of your minds. What's the problem? What more could you possibly want from me? Yeah, James, what exactly do you want? What do I want? Well, well I don't want you on a part time. Uh, I want all of you. All of you should belong to me. Well, that's how this thing works. Comparing that to our walk with Christ, it hits close to home, doesn't it? Lord, I'll give you one day a week to be faithful to your will. The characteristics of the faithful we spoke a couple Sundays ago were the faithful are rare people worthy of honor, the faithful keep their word even when it's painful to do so, the faithful are trustworthy with small things. When comparing these characteristics to that of the unfaithful, you could say the opposite is actually true. The unfaithful are not rare. There's far too many of them. Um, Proverbs 26 says, Men proclaim their own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Unfaithful people do not keep their word when it's painful to do so. We live in a day and time when you've got to have lawyers and contracts to make sure nobody rips anybody off in business contracts, there's all this fine print. When there was a day in our culture, a man's word was his bond; a handshake sealed the deal. I uh, met a member of First Baptist Church who, years ago, told me that in the back in the day, if a man had an account at First National Bank, he could write an IOU on the offering envelope in the pews at First Baptist Church back at the Old Country Love Theater and the bank would honor it. We don't live in that day and time anymore, do we? Number three, unfaithful or not trustworthy with small things. They're kings of excuses, masters of the shortcut. Just get her done as quick as possible and as painlessly as possible. This microwave society oftentimes can tempt us to scrimp when it comes to faithfulness. Today we're going to talk about characteristics of the unfaithful. The unfaithful are not blessed in the long run. You ever done something the quick way and it turns into... You Ever taken a shortcut that got you lost? Proverbs 2.22 says, The wicked will be cut off from the earth. The unfaithful will be uprooted from it. 11.3 says the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. 13.15 says the way of the unfaithful is hard. In 2004, Temple University School of Medicine did some tests with an MRI machine and found that lying takes more brain energy than telling the truth. They took their study subjects and divided them in half, and half of them shot toy guns, and the other half witnessed it. And then it was time to testify those that shot toy guns were told to lie. And those that witnessed it were told to tell the truth. And so when asked, did you shoot the toy gun, they said, no, I did not, and attempted to be convincing in doing so. And those that witnessed it told the truth. And uh, the MRI machine revealed that it took twice brain surface areas to lie than it did to tell the truth. The way of the unfaithful is hard. It takes more work. It is a deception. It is, it is Adam's apple, as it were, a promise of, of a quick payoff that costs us more in the long run. Number two, the unfaithful cannot be depended on in difficult times. When the going gets tough, the unfaithful take off or the unfaithful are not. Proverbs twenty-five nineteen says, Confidence is and an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a bad tooth and a foot out of joint. The New Living Translation says, putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. I remember uh, years ago I was eating at Poncho's. I was depending, on my, I was depending upon my teeth to help me enjoy that sopapilla. And one of my feelings became unfaithful. I like to have fell out on the floor. The pain was beyond words. A bad tooth cannot be depended on to help you enjoy a meal. A sore foot cannot be depended, on, depended upon to help you to make a journey pain-free. But so it is with unfaithful people. You can't lean on them. You can't you can't depend on them. They're always moving around, always they've got this uh shiftiness to them. It keeps them on the move. It's like everybody else is a supporting actor in the movie that they're in. It's almost narcissism. They are the star and you're you're the supporting actor. And so it's it's a challenge to us to try to deal with unfaithful people. Unfaithful people get fired a whole lot more than faithful ones do. Job said this of his friends, My brothers, you have proved as unreliable as a seasonal brook that overflows its banks in the spring when it is swollen with ice and melting snow but when the hot weather arrives, the water disappears, the brook vanishes in the heat. People have bought their homes on the lake expecting to have the water be maintained at a certain surface, and our city fathers are being tempted in the area of faithfulness for the sake of prophets. Think about it. Number three, the unfaithful can become faithful. In fact, every faithful person at one time maybe wasn't, but they learned how to be faithful. This is my final point. This is the point of good news. Here's an example. Paul said to Barnabas in Acts 15, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. They were cousins. uh, Barnabas saw potential in this young man, but he had abandoned them on an earlier mission trip, gone back home to his mommy, I guess. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And the Paul and Barnabas team became the Barnabas and John Mark team and the Paul and Silas team. And so it was Paul and Silas that wound up in jail beaten and bleeding. I wonder if Silas thought that night, you know, if it wasn't for John Mark and Barnabas, I might not be here. But you know what? Paul changed his opinion because John Mark learned to be trustworthy. In Colossians, he says this, my fellow prisoner greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. He speaks of him in his second letter to Timothy. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Peter calls John Mark his son. So faithful, unfaithful people can become faithful. Are you glad about it? The unfaithful can become faithful. This is true even of Paul. He said this of himself. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. You may be here today and have a bad reputation for not being dependable. Maybe you're a job hopper. I remember Elder Greg helped a guy do his resume. And when they got to job 27, he said, you know what? I think the resume will hurt you. This is like in just a few years, 27 jobs. That young man wasn't long before he hopped churches too. He just just on the move, on the run. But you know what? There's hope even for him. Because unfaithful people can become faithful and learn how to do it. How can we overcome unfaithfulness? It's this simple. How can a young man cleanse his way? Psalm 119. 9. By taking heed according to your word. There is no substitute for reading the Bible for yourself. How faithful are we at reading the Scriptures? Oh, I let the Christian TV run all day. There is no substitute for reading the Bible for yourself. It comes in through your eyes, through your brain, and into your heart. This next video is called The breakup. While we may never have acted this particular skit out, many of us have lived this at different times in our life, and some of you may be living in this scenario right now. I've been meaning to talk to you. Our relationship has been great. I I learned a laugh from you, and you've always been there for me. But I bet you've noticed how I've been distant lately. I mean with work and school and my friends I I just don't have time for you anymore. I'm sorry. Ouch. Lord, I pray that you would make us faithful people. That faithfulness would become synonymous with the name of every person in this room this morning. And, Lord, we thank you that a key to faithfulness is your word. Help us, Lord, to start being faithful there, to read your word with regularity, to read your word habitually, to read your word consistently, allowing its truth to talk to your heart. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In membership class, I um, conclude with what I call the journaling workshop. I learned this from Pastor Barry Jenkins who learned this from... Wayne Cordero, a pastor in Oahu. The journaling workshop, and it's just a method, I call it the SOAP method for meditating the scriptures. Imagine an acrostic, S-O-A-P, S-O-A-P. S stands for scripture, O stands for observation, A stands for application, P stands for prayer. You start with a scripture. Read a chapter or two of the Bible and look for a scripture that speaks to you the most and write out that scripture word for word just like it is in your Bible. You're separating it from all the other words. And think about its truth. That fills in the S part of the soap approach. O comes the observation. Rewrite that scripture in your own words. If you're a hillbilly, rewrite it like a hillbilly would write it. If you're a scholar, rewrite it like a scholar would write it. Rewrite the scripture in your own words. And then comes A for application. Pray and say, Lord, how does this scripture apply to me? And write out the application. And I've seen people get a list of things about their life personally on how to apply that scripture. And then pray a prayer and write out the gist of your prayer concerning that scripture in your life. If you do that, it takes about 30 minutes. It gets inside your brain. You may not necessarily have it memorized, but the meat of what the Holy Spirit is saying through that scripture works. I've done it maybe a dozen times now with small groups. I have seen it work every time for every person participating. I've even seen it work for an unbeliever. God spoke clearly to him through a verse in James. It works. You have a treasure in your scriptures. People's lives were given so that we could have the Word of God in its written form. I encourage you to try it. And if you skip a day, don't give up. Just pick it back up. The key to the f- being faithful is when you mess up, start over again. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we would faithfully apply your word to our hearts. Daily, Lord, help us to endeavor to be daily people in your word. Lord, it is so simple that we miss it. Thank you, Lord, that you have a word every day for every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. I'd like to call the family of Jenna. Renee's slate folder. Would you come at this time? We're going to dedicate this child. Right. Bless you. Right, beautiful. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's reach your hands out and bless this child. We bless Jen and Renee and lay hands upon her and dedicate to you, Lord. Lord, may she serve you all the days of her life. Lord, I pray for this young mother that you give her wisdom to raise her daughter in your kingdom, in your ways, Lord. May her faithfulness be an example to her child. In Jesus' name, Lord. Bless the extended family as well and her future. For your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name. Andy and Debbie, if they're going to pray with you some more, amen. Let's uh, end with a song. You deserve the glory. Do that. Put it back up. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we lift to holy You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift. Hands of worship has a with the Lord and to get into the Word and be those faithful men and women that He's called us to be. Everyone is invited to stay and eat with us and have fun with us. The cowboys will be playing in the foyer on a screen. We have bouncy houses. There will be people jousting. Maybe Gary Zeger will be the champion. I don't know. We'll be having just a ball behind the church and out on the side and all through the building. Thank you so much for coming. You're welcome to join us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. For you are great to do miracles.